Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we will get into the Western Hockey League's plans to have a season next year. Ron Robinson, the commissioner of the WHL, explains their plans and what still needs to get figured out. Also, we'll dive into the cancellation of university sports with the athletic directors of the University of Manitoba and Winnipeg. That's all on the podcast. We'll just get right into our opening segment here. The WHL. Last night, told you about how they've announced a targeted start date of January 8th. And we got to ask some questions, some clarity today from the commissioner of the WHL, Mr. Ron Robison. We were very excited to announce yesterday that uh, our regular season will start on Friday, January the 8th. That is a firm start date, not a tentative date. And uh, as we continue to work with the various governments and health authorities within our jurisdictions on some of the final touches, I guess, if you will, and other issues that we need to address with them, um, we will continue to uh, do that in order to finalize details around our schedule. We're making very good progress. Our health and safety protocols have been well received, but there are, uh, as, as, as everyone is well aware, uh, we're different stages in different uh, provinces and states within our region, and we're going, we're going to need some additional time to work out some of those details before we can release um, <clears throat> information on our actual schedule for the season. Um, we are excited to have all of our players returning to our locations after Christmas to begin their training and and uh, final preparations for the season, including some exhibition games uh, leading into our opening game on Friday, January the 8th. And um, we'll have some additional information to you as soon as we can. We envision right now that we'll probably be mid to late November before we can announce more details on our, on our schedule. Um, in addition, we're very, very pleased to uh, add to our team, uh, Dr. Duran Naidu uh, from Edmonton. Dr. Naidu was the, uh, Chief Medical Officer in, in Edmonton for the NHL hub, and we're looking forward to getting his expertise and learning from the experience the NHL had um, in Edmonton and also uh, uh, getting his assistance with our discussions with the, uh, with the health authorities in, uh, in uh, each of our jurisdictions. Robinson gave us a, a slightly better idea of the timeline and number of games they might play. We have a start date January 8th and a concluding date of May 2nd. So that will actually allow us to play a maximum of 50 games during that period of time. The number of games will be determined as we work our way through the next uh, number of weeks, but uh, we can play up to a maximum of 50 games. 50, okay. And they normally play closer to 70, but I'm thinking it probably won't be 50, maybe somewhere around 40. We'll see, of course. Now, why is Robinson finally confident to say this is a firm date and not a tentative one? Well, we just felt that uh, at some point we needed to um, to create some certainty around the start of the season. And uh, we had announced already, as you mentioned, uh, two tentative uh, target dates, if you will. This is not a tentative date. This is a firm date. We are going to start on January 8th. And um, we're, we're pleased and excited because our players will be able to return to our teams and uh, right after Christmas and, uh, and get started with uh, their training with their teams and preparation for the start of the regular season. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. We, we felt we just really needed to take the next step and and um, and, and put a firm date in place for the start of the regular season. And just a reminder, the way the schedule works, all the BC teams will just play each other, the five in Alberta will just play each other, the five in the States will just play each other, and the five in Saskatchewan will play alongside the two in Manitoba. So there is that added wrinkle of the East Division, 
because there are two provinces involved, which means two different health authorities. Uh, the health officials in Saskatchewan and Manitoba have been very, uh, very uh, positive, very cooperative, very uh, respectful of the position we find ourselves in with only two teams in Manitoba. Of course, uh, they are uh, isolated somewhat and would need to play uh, interprovincial games with Saskatchewan. Uh, that's one of the areas that we're working through and, and is one of the reasons we can't be in a position today to announce any details on the schedule is that we still need to obtain approval for the interprovincial travel between Manitoba and Saskatchewan. Uh, we're at different stages in our discussions with each of the health authorities in, uh, in, in those provinces, but expect uh, a decision on that soon that, so that we can move forward with uh, scheduling games uh, uh, with one division, East Division, including uh, teams from both Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Now, the fact that it's January 8th, is that because the World Juniors will be ending just before that? No, not really. It was, um, it was really uh, arrived at in large part due to the fact that uh, we just felt for a number of different reasons that it was the right date uh, uh, to start. Uh, uh, the health authorities uh, were concerned about uh, movement of players in before Christmas and returning home over the Christmas break and how that might uh, lead to more exposures and so forth, and that was one of the considerations. But I think when we looked at it, uh, it just made sense to bring the players in, keep them with the teams for the entire season, and uh, and not have them uh, uh, moving back, if you will. So we have them in a more controlled environment uh, with our teams for the balance of the season. Fans. What about fans? He hopes to have 50% capacity, but understands it's kind of out of his hands. We recognize that ultimately that will be determined by the health authorities uh, through our discussions with them, and... Uh, those discussions are ongoing, and we're looking forward to uh, getting some clarification on that soon. Um, but the number may be significantly lower than 50%, just given the, uh, the health restrictions that apply in various provinces and states currently. What about finances, especially if they can't have fans in or as many as they want? The potential is there for higher costs for transportation and accommodation, so... Have they looked into that? Well, it's a good question. We haven't got into the details yet of our schedule, but uh, we're certainly going to try and minimize, first of all, overnight stays, uh, reduce that to the, uh, to, the, to, the, uh, to the extent that we can. And, um, and uh, one of the things, is, as, you're, as you're aware from the release, is that we've taken steps already to realign the league into four divisions. Uh, <clears throat> some of the divisions are already in place, but we've moved Swift Current into Saskatchewan. Uh, and to the East Division um, so that we have a, um, you know, the provincial boundaries will be as far as we go with respect to travel. And that's really designed to try and uh, minimize the, um, the, um, uh, the risks associated with uh, interprovincial travel and so forth. So uh, we are also going to, again, as I mentioned, uh, look at how we can minimize the number of overnight stays to avoid uh, hotels and uh, avoid those types of situations during the course of the season. A fairly blunt question. Is every team going to make it through this financially? Well, it's a very difficult uh, circumstances that we find ourselves in. Uh, you know, from an ownership perspective, I admire their, <clears throat> their commitment to the players to, uh, to get the season started and to uh, work our way through this. But there's going to be significant financial losses for all of our clubs without question because um, we know that we're going to be dealing with limited capacity far lower than what we normally are accustomed to and and that will uh, cause some challenges. I don't believe we're at risk of losing any franchises, uh, um, but it will be a difficult uh, situation for our teams to work their way through. Will the league be looking for any government financial assistance to help out here? Well, we won't be making a request for funding unless our capacity for spectators is lower than we anticipated. 
Um, we have uh, set some objectives for that, and and uh, it's um, it's all dependent upon where we land with respect to uh, the um, the health authorities and what would be permitted in that jurisdiction. Now, let's say some jurisdictions will allow fans, some won't. Will there be some kind of revenue sharing to help out the teams that don't get any gate revenue? I guess we're going to see what those jurisdictions look like. I can tell you that in each of these six jurisdictions in the Western Hockey League, they're all at different stages, all have different caseloads, and we monitor that very closely. That's something we'll take into consideration as we move forward in the decision-making as to what the season will look like. Um, uh, we've had discussion around the maximum number of games and the minimum number of games teams would play under those circumstances, but it's a little premature for me to comment on whether or not uh, uh, how that's going to play out. We're optimistic based on our discussions with the uh, health authorities in all locations that we'll get their full cooperation, whether we'll have spectators at the end of the day, um, I'm not sure. But, um, but certainly they understand that we're a spectator-dependent league and, uh, and that revenue stream is extremely important to our teams. Uh, as far as revenue sharing is concerned, uh, no, we're dealing with it more on a jurisdiction-by-jurisdiction jurisdiction, uh, basis. Uh, uh, we'll be um, uh, asking for support in those centres, in those regions or those provinces or states where we are not getting the capacity that we need to uh, keep our teams in a, in a position to be viable. Um, and we're working through that on a, um, on a uh, province uh, uh, and it's on state-by-state -state basis. What about the playoffs? Will they look the same as usual? We haven't even got to discussion on playoffs yet. Of course, that'll depend on the uh, Memorial Cup and uh, the staging of the Memorial Cup and, and the ability for us to have uh, full conference, senior conference playoffs with the border opening and so forth, whether that will be in place at that time. We're going to have to make that decision later on in the season and uh, so we haven't really determined what the playoff format would look like, if it would be the traditional uh, four rounds of playoffs or whether we would have uh, divisional play only at that particular stage. So that'll be something we'll determine at a later date. Today, it was news that we were expecting to hear at some point, I think for those that follow university sports and those that participate in university sports, a day that was dreaded but probably felt inevitable that sports were basically done for the year. The Canada West Conference announcing today there were no no conference regular season playoff or championship events will be staged in basketball, volleyball, hockey, wrestling, as well as women's rugby sevens. Decisions on the staging of CW championships in curling, track and field, and swimming have been deferred to a later date. But U Sports also saying today national championships just aren't going to happen. So it, it feels like the whole athletic year is a write-off because of the pandemic and here to talk about this gene muller the athletic director of the university of manitoba gene thanks for joining us tonight again inevitable but still not a easy pill to swallow today is it yeah it was it was i mean we it looked as if this was going to be a decision um, but there's always hope, and uh, you know, there's a bit of finality today that we we know we're not going to be on the ice. We know we're not going to be on the courts, and and we look forward to next season. So, what kind of decision-making process led to this point? The governors or, or whatnot of each university, the the powers that be, do you get together on a Zoom call to talk about? options here 
Yeah, you know what? Canada West, there's 17 schools that comprise Canada West. And Canada West, the board had had tasked a, a COVID task force to have a look into um, what are the risks involved with playing, uh, what are the, the circumstances in each province, uh, what are the medical concerns, yeah, all those things. And I, I mean, the, the evidence and the research was saying that this would be difficult for us to do. I, I, I think if you consider that new COVID cases are 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 appearing in in the student demographic, it, it and and we're training in the wrong direction across all of the four provinces that we compete in. It's it's probably a sensible uh, decision, and they, they, there was a recommendation for us uh, not to play, and the board voted on it and. There was overwhelming support for us us not playing, and, and purely, I I would say it's it's around around uh, the safety of athletes, and yeah, it, it's it's just difficult. I mean, we 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 play across four different provinces. Four different provinces have different health authorities that have got uh, different rules in place across. So it was. I mean, it's not like we can assemble like the NBA did it in one bubble and test every day. I mean, there's, we assemble, we play, and, and, and then we disperse again. So it, it was just too difficult and too risky. Well, I find it interesting in contrast to what the Western Hockey League is planning to have their hockey season start January 8th, which is right around the same time that the Canada West had kind of postponed when sports could start. They yeah. will have a geographic breakdown for their schedule, where Manitoba and Saskatchewan teams are only allowed to play each other, was that something that was on the table for Canada West? Um, I, th- there were many, many different options l- looked at. Um, I mean, we also we're also dealing here with with um, student athletes, where where probably the biggest priority in their lives would be academics, and 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 you'd have to pull that into the equation. So. I mean, a whole lot of uh, models were looked at. A whole lot of uh, formats were tried. I mean, if, if if you if you were to get one one case in a team, that'll probably lead to quarantining and 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 stopping that team from playing. So it, I I really trust the the advice that we took and the amount of diligence that went into. Uh, the decision, um, but I, I, I'm I'm comfortable with it with with the outcome. Although I'm I'm devastated for our student athletes. You know, whenever you do something that firstly you love and secondly you're very good at, it, it's it's a, a, just a real loss. And so, yeah, I I understand it, but it, it does make it easier to swallow. Have you talked to any athletes today about this? Um, yeah, I've I I connected with with some of them on email uh, earlier. The moment the decision came out, and I had a meeting with with one of our um, with one of our programs uh, at the university at five, and, and and just odd contact here or there with athletes that that were at uh, at the university. It's it's a it's a pretty barren place at the moment with with most of the stuff online. Right. What were those conversations like? Um. You, you know what? It, 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 your introduction just summed it up. It, it didn't come as a surprise to anyone who's been 
who's been following the news. And I, th- I think um, it would have been a surprise for the athletes had they had we been able to compete. Um, I would say it's a, a mixture of disappointment and also, in some strange way, a relief that they know what's going to be what's going to be happening, and and they could they they could reset and 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 start going again for a for, for a new season. I mean, the fact that we're not we're not playing Canada West doesn't mean we we we're not going to be trying to create some exhibition games. It doesn't mean we're going to stop training. Um, I'm I'm hoping that all of them want to become better and have see this as an opportunity to become better. But it's it's I would say a mostly overriding disappointment, but but not surprise. So in the announcement today by the conference, the release says, "quote Conference members have been empowered to explore competitive opportunities for their student athletes based on the principle of regional cohort play." And that's what you alluded to just there when you mentioned yeah. the players aren't going to just be on the sideline completely. What options do you have in terms of at least getting something going. Obviously, the the COVID situation in Manitoba has to clear up a bit before you'd be able to to scrimmage against, say, the Westman or the Bobcats. But is that something that you're looking into maybe in a couple months? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, now that, now that we've got this decision behind us, um, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, various competition opportunities across uh, all our sports. Obviously, with the Westman and 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 Bobcats and volleyball and basketball and uh, and then see if if what the situation in Saskatchewan will be like to maybe uh, for hockey for us to be playing against uh, Regina and and Saskatchewan. So so uh, just just digest today's decision and tomorrow we'll start looking at at at, at planning for for just for us to still have some competitive value out of the season. I mean it's it's a really fluid situation with COVID for us right now, but, but that's not going to stop us from planning and, and then adjusting if, if we need to. And when it comes to the future plans of these athletes, a reminder that they all get this year of eligibility moved to next year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's not going to count against their five years of eligibility they get at, at the youth sports level, I mean, many of them would be in their last year, and and they'll make a decision that okay, my university career is over, or or I I I get to extend it by by one more one more year. So there's, I, I mean, a lot of them will make uh, individual decisions based on their their life circumstances, but I mean, it's it's a relief that they can bank another year if if that's what they want to do, and just to live to fight another day again uh, when when the situation clears up. Because there will be some that say, okay, it, I don't want it to end like this, but at the same time, I've graduated, my schooling's done, I, I want to get into the workforce. Sure, uh, absolutely. So I, we, we um, yeah, I, just today, just today I had a, a conversation with, with, with Kelsey Wog, who's, who's, who's probably one of the greatest, Swimmers, the University of Manitoba has ever produced, who was uh, a week away from Olympic trials, and who who had thoughts of stopping. And she said, "Yeah, I, I just don't want it to end this way. I I I'm, I would like to keep on going." So, so uh, you have various circumstances, and people are going to adjust in various ways. So, 
Yeah, Kelsey's heading over to, to Budapest for the International Swim League coming up here. So, yeah, she's one of the many, many athletes at your school that are looking at what's ahead. And, Gene, we appreciate your time tonight, and uh, we'll look forward to a time when there are sports on the field, on the courts at the university. Me, me too, Christian. Thank you very much. Back to one of the big news stories of the day, regionally, local sports-wise, is the cancellation of university sports by the Canada West Conference for basketball, volleyball, and hockey in this market. Also wrestling and women's rugby sevens, which don't have teams here in the city, but are also sports being held or not being held in other schools this calendar year into the end of the second term as well. CW championships uh, in curling, track and field, and swimming. Decisions on those have not been made yet. U Sports, though, did cancel the rest of its national championships for this year. So if there are CW championships in those three sports, which seem unlikely, then there will not be a national level to go to. And for more on this, we got the Bison angle earlier because we are an equal opportunity station. We are getting the Westman point of view now. Uh, Dave Crook, their AD, talked to media on a Zoom call earlier today. He gave this answer when asked about the tough news today. Yeah, I, it's very difficult, and I just I, – I know already some of the student-athletes are reacting because, you know, I mean, I think they knew it was coming, and I think everyone felt it was inevitable, but at the same time, it you know, it hurts, and it's what they do, right? They train, they've been athletes their whole lives, and now – um, you know, this crazy virus has taken uh, that away from them, the ability to, to play the games and the sports they love. And what he's going to miss most about their not being sports this year? Well, here's an interesting thing. I, the last time I didn't have to go to a game in the fall was 1979. So uh, I've been going to, you know, university games as a professional since 1979. So, uh it's good. It's it's weird already, you know. I mean, I've had weekends off in, the, in September, October that I I don't normally have, and you know, last year uh, there was I didn't miss a single night of home games except for nights when we had two sports going at the same time, and I had to choose between you know soccer and basketball or soccer and volleyball. So uh, you know, yeah, it's it's so weird, and it, it's even weird. You know, in, in my role, I've always felt that my number one priority is a student athlete. So I, I go in and watch practice every single day, whether it's for three minutes or whether it's for 20 minutes. So, you know, my interactions with the student athletes is the most important thing for me. That's the reason I'm in this job, that and the coaches, right? And not seeing those people doing the things that they love, that's uh, it's incredibly hard for me. I asked him if he had talked to any athletes yet today when we – had this call a few hours ago. I haven't talked to any of the athletes personally. I've seen a couple of them through windows. And uh, I'm, I'm after I finish this call, I'm going to get over and talk to a few of them. I spoke to all the coaches today and, uh, and, and to all the staff, but I haven't spoken individually to athletes. I've just seen, you know, a couple of posts from a couple of them and, you know, they're, they're disappointed, but at the same time, they seem to understand, you know, what's going on and, and, I mean, the reason we made this decision is, you know, basically for their health and safety and the health and safety of, of others, right? I mean, that's that's why this decision was made. So the idea of regional cohort play, is that something that he's looking forward to getting into once it's safe to do so? Well, I think we have to sort of get to a, a, 
a position where we can train normally for some of our athletes. You know, when we look at basketball right now, we're still at uh, 2.0 where they can shoot individually in a basket and they can't even have someone pass to them. And, you know, our basketball teams haven't trained since March, you know, as a unit and uh, to expect them to get to a position to play games after not training for seven months, they've only been in the weight room for two or three weeks. You know, I think what we have to do is get to a position where under health and safety guidelines from the university, from the province, that we can move forward and, and, and obviously from basketball Manitoba, we get to the point where we can get those athletes training. At that point, we can start thinking about the possibility of playing games. Volleyball's a little more advanced right now, but it's still a little bit off in terms of, you know, looking to play games. I think, uh, you know, the other thing we really have to weigh is, you know, right now at the university, uh, the campus is basically closed. There are some classes going on and do we really want to be playing games where we're not letting people come on campus to, to study. So those are things we're going to have to weigh as we move forward, but we're definitely, you know, if it's feasible and it's safe, you know, we, we want our athletes to be doing, pursuing their sport as much as we can. And of course there are some athletes that aren't in Winnipeg right now. Yeah. I mean, that's difficult. I mean, I know that's difficult for them and I know that, you know, some of them are really, thinking, you know, because we do have some athletes from out of town who are here and some didn't. We didn't put, you know, one of the things that we made a decision to do was we didn't put any pressure on them to return. You know, we, we said to them, if they want to come back, they can come back. We'd honor their scholarships. Uh, we, you know, we'd help them with school, but, you know, we, we trusted them to do what was best for them as individuals. So some came and some didn't. And, uh, you know, at some point, you know, I think we'll see more and more of them here and, uh, and, and training as it uh, becomes safer to do so. And, uh, you know, we'd, we'd love to see them all back and we'd love to see them all not only training, but playing games. And all we can hope is that the, the situation arises where, you know, where we have them all back in Winnipeg and doing the things that they want to do. Now, will they end up scrimmaging with the Bisons and Bobcats? Yeah, I think Manitoba Brandon would definitely be in play. You know, originally we talked about the conference dividing. So there would be a, a BC sort of cohort and Alberta cohort and then a Manitoba Saskatchewan. So originally we, that was what Canada West was going to look like. So we were going to look at playing games with the two Saskatchewan schools, whether that would be part of it moving forward, you know, we'll just, that's more of a wait and see thing. But uh, I mean, we're lucky because the Bisons are across town and Brandon's a short trip away. So if we get to the point where we can play, there are, opportunities for us in all our sports to, to do those kind of things. You elaborated more on why this decision was made today and not maybe a couple of weeks down the road before their self-imposed deadline. I, I can't speak for the conference as a whole. I think what happened, I mean, our original deadline was last Thursday and that was called off. And I think in the meantime, uh, they felt with the advice coming from the COVID, we have our Canada West COVID committee and that committee made its recommendations to the board. And I think the board felt that we should just move forward with this. I think also the fact that U Sports and Ontario came out with things today, I think it just sort of aligned sort of nationally uh, to make, you know, to come forward with the decision today. And once the U Sport decision for calling off the national championships came into play, I think that impacts what we were going to do as a conference, Taylor. Now, has he thought at all about what, 
next fall could look like? Yeah, it's a, it's a scary thought. I think it's a, you know, luckily for us in some ways, when we think about next season for the Westman, next season is, uh, you know, what, 11 months away. So who knows what the world's going to look like in 11 months. And I mean, now we, at least we have the ability to train. Our kids can move forward. They understand that it's, uh, you know, basically a year away and they can start gearing up to be ready to play in a year. I think the coaches have to come up now with a real plan in terms of making sure that they can grow and develop these student athletes. So if and when we're, we're ready to start uh, playing games next September. And finally, how has his job changed since March? How was my job? I mean, physically, I wasn't in the office as much as I certainly uh, was in the past. I think the I've been in the office more in the last uh, six weeks since uh, school started. I've been around more because the teams are in training. I try to get in and see the athletes, you know, as, as much as I can. Uh, so I, that, that's part of it. So I've been in the office more, and there are some things that I just – have to get into do some things are just easier to do in the space and the university's also opened up now so they're allowing access into the space for uh, faculty and staff so that's made it much easier for me to get in to the building physically uh, you know to to do my job Dave Crook is the athletic director at the university Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell. Or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?